This episode is sponsored by Bad Samaritan, a unique clothing brand that when you wear something, it means something. Hello and welcome to episode seven of The Mental Block. Um, And today I am joined by Tom Willits, who hopefully you all know from the Let's Get Talking podcast. How are we doing, Tom? Yeah, very good. Very, very excited to to be chatting with you, mate. Um, And really appreciate you um, having me on to to talk about everything we're going to talk about yeah man so this is your this is your show um your platform tonight to tell us all about you i know we've done a couple of things and we've done the live previously and i know you've you know you've helped me out quite a lot setting up the podcast as well to be fair so um yeah i appreciate all your help so far but um yeah let's get straight into it mate so who are you and where you're from yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks for that introduction. It's actually quite weird to be on the other side of it, but I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited for, for to sort of share my story a little bit more. But uh, yeah. So, like you said, I'm obviously Tom. I'm uh, 27. Someone told me the other day that I'm in my late 20s, and that hit me hit me hard as the first time I've heard that. But yeah, I'm from I'm from Gloucester, so in the southwest of um, of England, and. Yeah, I like like you know, and if you obviously followed the the podcast page, I work at a secondary school, um, and that's really where my passion for um, supporting mental health and and you know the awareness of mental health has come from, um, and that's something I love doing. I mean, I don't really see it as a job because it's just something you know I go in and do it every single day, and I'm working with so many brilliant young people most of the time and yeah <laughs> most of the time um no they're, they're brilliant and yeah it's just something you know it's a job that I get a lot out of and I think that's really important um yeah so yeah I think I'm still I'm still trying to figure a few things out I would say in like where I want to go and what I want to do but where I am right now is probably I spoke a little bit about it before but it's probably the most settled I've settled settled I've been for a while mm-hmm. um which which is really good so yeah I'm just sort of I'm in the process of buying my first house. Um, obviously, as you know, as you've mentioned there, um, which I'm very grateful about, started the podcast and and I work in work at a school, but I do a few other things as well with young people. So that's sort of me and and where I'm at at the moment. Oh, good. And so you say um, you say hit you the other day being told you're in your late twenties, mate. You wait till people refer to you as in your early thirties. Yeah, I'm waiting. For, to be fair, I've always it's been horrible. one that like age is just is just is just a number, and I'm a big big believer of that. Um, and obviously, it's thirty in a couple of years, but it, it doesn't really it doesn't really play on my mind or anything. But I, it was like the first time I heard someone say to me, or uh, I was doing a, a Zoom call for a youth group that I work for. And my colleague said, "Oh, um, and obviously Tom's in his late twenties." And I literally sat back in my chair and went. Yeah, <laughs> I actually am. But you know, is the f- when you hear something for the first time and you just got to sort of register it. But yeah, um... yeah. Oh mate, I'm 34 this year. It's depressing. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm almost mid 30s. That's the that's the scary. It goes thing. quick. <laughs> oh, don't it does. Um. So yeah, like like you said, you've um. How long have you been a teacher? How, when did you get into that? Did you go uni and all that for it? Or yeah, so I went to uni. Um. I'm actually working at the same school that I went to school at. Oh, which cool. is, um yeah, which is a it's sort of a, a nice, and there's still teachers there that you know inspired me, and yeah. so it's really it's a really good sort of 
way that I've done it, I think. So yeah, I went to uni and I studied drama and theatre that worked for a youth theatre group now. Um, always had a passion, you know, for sort of performance and writing and all of that stuff. So I went to uni. I probably concentrated too much on the social aspect of uni, I would say. That's what it's um, for. Yeah, over the three years. Um, but I wouldn't, people always ask me, would you go back and like change what you did or work harder? But I think the, for the people that I met, you know, at uni and the, just the f times that I had there, it was brilliant. So I wouldn't change it. So yeah, I went to uni and then I came out of uni 2015 um, and sort of went, oh crap, like I need money fast um, and need to get on my feet. And I just fell into a few jobs that I didn't enjoy, but I just did it for a few years, you know, working in sales and, and bits and bobs like that. And it just wasn't me. Like I like to work with people, like to be chatting to people, doing you know, like face-to-face -face stuff, really. Yeah. So sitting behind a computer and sort of picking up the phone and stuff is not for me. So, yeah, and then um, we will go forward to, I think it was about 2018, I really hit a dip, um, probably, yeah, in my mental health and also just sort of my career and where I wanted to go. I started working for, for a brilliant company and brilliant people were there, but the role was just not for me. And it was, I went from really like a low-pressured, role to a really high pressure sort of target driven sales role yeah. and I was like whoa this is not for me started in like the November and I can remember like just after Christmas and it was the build up you know getting back to going back there um like January the 2nd or whatever it was and I had this overwhelming sense of like anxiety um and I've never actually spoken about this before so there you go this is <laughs> You're already you're already um already there. there but yeah already there um i had this overwhelming like anxiety come over me of like i just didn't want to go back full stop um and i can remember speaking to my dad about it and i always remember what he said is sort of like any you need your happiness like yeah. it was it was good money and i was and i was doing all right but it was just it every day was an effort for me to go in yeah. was i was you know i wasn't being me so yeah, I literally went in on the first day back after Christmas and said, I'm really sorry, but I can't do this. I've got to get out of my own sort of, you know, mental health and get back to doing what I think I, I wanted to do. And yeah, and then I just fell into a TA job at a local school. And then um, I'm now working at the school that I do um, as I went as a as a teaching assistant. But now I'm working. I'm a head of house there and also doing sort of all the pastoral side of things. We do like little group sessions, you know emotional yeah. well-being working one-to-one -one with students that are experiencing difficulties so oh, yeah cool. something that I, I love doing um yeah. and every day is different every day is different you know so yeah it's really exciting oh cool so what was it um you, you mentioned you got this sales job and then obviously you kind of went up the ranks and stuff so what was it that um really kind of played havoc on you mentally what, what was it that was getting to you yeah, when I when I think about that time, um, which I haven't done for a while, I I'm um, always drawn back to the fact that I think I went from a role that was like I mentioned was sort of low pressure and it was around good people, um, and it was very it was at a gym, so it was very like right. I would go out and meet people, you know, I would show people around, I would be talking to people, and then I went to work for a different company that was very much office based with the odd exception of meeting customers and it wasn't a team sort of effort I mean the team were there were good but it was very much right this is what you need to do in this eight hours a day get on with it and right. you can ask the people that I work with now 
um, even though I'm sort of the lead on a lot of different programs that we do at school and working with different students, I'm always like, is this right? Am I doing this right? Like, I'm always, you know, checking, which the, the lad that I work with, Joe, is you'll ask, if you, you'll ask him and he's like, yep, yeah, like you're doing fine. Like, just keep going. So I think I went to that sales role and I was sort of left to my own devices a little bit and I felt instantly under pressure and uncomfortable right. with that. Okay. Um, and whether that was sort of the way it was managed or just sort of that the role wasn't for me, I probably, it was probably a mix, but yeah, I just felt instantly under pressure and a pressure that I'd never felt before. It was really uncomfortable. Um, and I went in every day, you know, smile on the face, you'll be all right type of um, attitude, which I've come to learn is not helpful whatsoever. And then obviously, obviously over Christmas, I had the break from it and it was brilliant. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's it. Like sort of, that's what I needed, but really I was just happy because I was away from it. Yeah. Um, and then when I, like I said, when I went back, when I started to sort of prepare to go back, the, the pressure, the anxiety, the everything just came over me and I just sort of crashed down to the point where I couldn't go in. I mean, I can't, I know, obviously I just said it was, I think it was the first day, but it might've been the second day back because I can remember sort of calling in the yeah. first day and saying, oh, I feel really sick, blah, 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 blah. That's one of the first signs, isn't it, that everything's yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, it's crashing down. And looking back now, I, I think I knew a little bit that what it was. Mm -hmm. I think I knew it was anxiety, that stress and that worry, but I didn't really, I think I, it was that comment, oh, I just don't enjoy it or I'm not very good at it. But really it was just, it wasn't for me mentally. It, I couldn't cope with it, um, yeah. which I suppose looking back is a tough thing to admit. But yeah, and then I went in and I, I can I can't explain the sense of sort of that pressure being lifted when I walked out and I said look th this is it I think I said I supposed to have had like you know four weeks notice whatever it is and I just sort of said I'm not worried about that like you don't have to sort of pay me for it whatever I just want I just want to go now and yeah that feet I got home that day and I I, I can remember getting into sort of um my room and I think I just you know just broke down I was crying and I was just like finally relieved that yeah it was done it was done um that's that's good and to be honest with you like you say it's a brave thing to do the fact that all right you know first day back after christmas you, you felt like you've got the need to kind of tell a porky and say you know that i'm not coming to that i'm ill um but lo and behold that that was that was true in the sense mm. of you was you was mentally drained and mm. you know men your mental health was ill at that state and you know that that moment in time um, and you said you said a minute ago that you spoke to your dad about it. I mean, obviously not knowing you know your background, your family. Like how 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 easy was it to go to your dad and talk to him about it? Did you find that hard to open up to him, or did you did you find it hard to just be honest about how you was feeling? Because you know they might have all been new feelings that you hadn't felt before. Or yeah, I think it was. A, I think uh, I recognised the feeling slightly to sort of the feelings that I had that I've spoke about previously in other sort of episodes or podcasts about when I was at uni and I had a bit of sort of you know homesickness and anxiety and I recognized the link you know feeling sick not really wanting to do anything but the actual process of talking to my well my dad in that case about it was difficult not because it was difficult to talk to my dad it was difficult for me to say um yeah like you know I don't want to do it anymore I've always yeah. a firm believer of like if you and I suppose that comes from growing up and things you're told, but a firm believer of 
if you're going to do something like sort of do it you know but yeah. this was one of those occasions unfortunately that it wasn't for me it was making me ill and it wasn't right um so yeah it was difficult i think to open up but more difficult to open up like sort of talk about those feelings but yeah um looking looking back on it it I think I can remember it, it seems like a long time, but I think it was only like two hours in the morning where I was sat going, right, I'm going to go and speak. No, no, I'm not. Okay. Now I'm going to go and speak. No, I'm not. And it seems like a long time in that moment, but yeah. Yeah. So it was just opening up and probably admitting defeat a little bit, but um, it needed, like you said, it needed to be done because whether it was, it wasn't making me physically ill or mentally, the effects it was having wasn't great at all. No, that's it. And you know, it's great that obviously you felt, even though it's hard to admit, like you say, admit defeat to that moment in your life of, you know, I, I can't do this job anymore. The best thing, you'd probably agree, the best thing that you did was actually talk to your dad about it and say, you know, this is how I'm feeling. And the fact that you, your dad turned around to you and said, you know what, son, you've got to be happy. Do you know what I mean? That that there is a massive relief as well to say, oh, thank, you know, thank Christ for that, you know, he's just told me what I wanted to hear almost, you know, this yeah. is not for me. I need to go, you know, jack this in and, and do it pretty soon. Um, yeah, I knew that's what I wanted to do. You know, I knew I wanted to leave and I wanted to do it as soon as possible. So I can remember when he said that this, it was just, you know, the, the relief of, okay, it's not, it's not actually me. Then it, someone else is recognizing that it's not good either. Um, yeah. So yeah. Definitely. Did you almost feel like you, um, not that you had to, but it was almost like seeking approval, you know, like that your feelings were genuine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, looking back, um, and it's so strange now to look back because, like I said, I've never actually spoken about this, and I'm thinking, why haven't I spoken about it before? But I suppose it's one of those times where you know I just sort of shoved to the back of my mind. Yeah, but it was definitely a process of, okay, I feel like this, trying to figure out myself why I feel like it, finding that out, but then not really sort of believing it or accepting it, and then seeking that approval from someone, obviously like my dad to him like you say for him to turn around and say look this is you got to do what's best for you and in this case it's leaving and sort of finding something else was yeah a massive sort of sigh of relief and seeking that okay what I'm feeling is all right type thing yeah he's confirming it for you in your own mind isn't it yeah um and then so so you know this is quite interesting because I think kind of we've kind of skipped your uni part which from what I understand is where your anxiety and stuff kind of evolves from, isn't it? So how about we, how about we kind of jump back a bit and we kind of go yeah. through it, get into uni and where, where it all kind of, where you first realized that your anxiety was becoming a big part of your life. Yeah. So I can always like at school, which is weird talking about me at school because it's me at school now, but as a student, um, yeah, I was always, you know, I was quite confident, I think, at school um, and, and I did well. And then that took went into sixth form where, you know, I was quite confident again. And um, I want to say I was popular, but you know what I mean? I wasn't, uh, I was sort of one of them people that was sort of friends with everyone, just ha yeah. happy-go-lucky, just enjoying life, really. Um, and then I went off to university, well, I picked university. I went to Aberystwyth, which is right on the other sort of north, Wales which from where I live in Gloucester is about a four-hour drive around sort of the countryside and hills so it couldn't have been further away and that was quite a big decision in itself because I've never sort of been away from home and you know everything else that comes along with uni um, and I can remember getting to uni on the first day with my mum and dad and they left and it was that moment oh, oh okay 
um shut the door and then suddenly I had this whole new life you know in front of me I had I had seven faces looking back at me that I was gonna live with for a year yeah. and for the first sort of one two three nights it was absolutely immense as you can imagine you know going out socializing obviously going like introduction to uni but it wasn't a lot then it was just pure purely go out drink have a good time get up and do it again yeah which is never going to be good for you anyway but then yeah I got to about the third or the fourth day and I I can remember like I think we were just obviously in the flat and still ever getting to know each other so it was all this awkward like let's sit in the kitchen and just have a drink because that's what sort of, that's what there is to do and I went to bed and I was like I felt really sick like probably the most I've ever felt and I was like right it's obviously just probably for like three three days on the on the alcohol yeah. like get some kip and you know tossing and turning that night and then the next night would happen again feeling sick can't sleep next night and it went on for probably about three or four days and then to the point where I think it was about half two in the morning and I just went out into the kitchen and we had a really annoying flat that as soon as you went into the kitchen all of the lights like came on in the hallway and everything and the yeah. lad that I lived opposite I um we sort of grew to be quite close quite quickly and he was obviously awake and I can remember him walking in I was just sat on the kitchen counter like crying just sat there looking out the window crying yeah. and that was the first moment sort of that I realized that I was like severely missing home wow. um and then I started he started to having a chat with me and I, we were looking back on the last few days I was feeling really sick about going to lectures I didn't want to walk in a room with like new people um and really actually now looking back just in this moment going out in the evenings was probably tough but I sort of masked it up with alcohol which look, looking back is really dangerous but um yeah I was just really really sick and again my dad my poor dad bless him I rang him at like half two in the morning and basically said to him on the kitchen counter crying my eyes out which must have been awful for him so I do apologize dad if you're listening but um I said I, I don't I can't do uni anymore and this was like a weekend I said I can't right. do it like I want to be home um x y and z you know and that went on for a couple of nights same situation can't yeah. feeling sick can't sleep cry call my dad and this time it was a bit of a different response from my dad it was like keep going you know yeah. like find something to do keep at it and um sl slowly but surely I went through that first year you know going into lectures fine and meeting new people and then um I met a, a couple of lads just literally by accident um that introduced me to a football team and then for the rest of uni then it was it was pretty much okay um because of that football team and that yeah. football team are now like all lifelong friends and we meet each other every year obviously before coronavirus and everything um so yeah it was that difficult experience again i guess for me for actually allowing me myself to feel something and looking back now at that time and with the job i really wish i had sort of the knowledge and the understanding of mental health yeah then because I could I would have easily recognized what was happening um yeah. but yeah it was a, it was a tough time but um that was one moment I was I was sort of glad that I spoke to people you know and and um move forward with it because otherwise I reckon I probably would have regretted leaving if I did that night when I was sat on the kitchen counter yeah 
But like, it's interesting that you say that you obviously met these guys um, centered around a football team because I've always found growing up, because I, I used to play football a lot when I was younger, when I was fitter. Um, <laughs> and every football team that I've ever been in, there's this unwritten camaraderie do you know what I mean? Where it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from, when you're playing football together as a team, your your bonds like unbreakable. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you, you do make friends, like, and I mean real good friends in a sports team, not just football, mm. but any sport. And it's interesting that you say that that kind of, I'm not going to say it saved you, but it had a massive effect on saving you and helping you through uni. Yeah, massive, massive, massive impact. Like I said, the lad that I mentioned that was in my flat um, knew the two lads from back home and they sort of came around one night and we got to know each other and they had already been a part of the football team. And I can remember saying, oh, you're going to have to join the football team. It's like 40 quid for the kit or whatever. And at that point, I was still quite struggling with the idea of uni. And I can remember saying, and these lads will always remind me, I said, oh, no, it's too expensive. I won't bother. And they just basically forced me to do it. And like you say, now they're all lifelong friends. I mean, I've been to two of their weddings, christenings, you know, Um, and that was just a group of group of lads that were from different places. I mean, we had someone from France that was playing all over, all over the UK, all sort of came together. um, And that, like you say, that unwritten sort of, um, rule of being together as a team really really helped and obviously being in an atmosphere like uni where you can go out pretty much every night also helped that to build that but um yeah and that's the same now I play for a football team now and it's it's you know my chance to on a Saturday afternoon play football and then have a drink or two in the club after and just be around people that um I said this very early on when I was building my own podcast that is really important I think for people to be around people that want the best of you yeah um whether that's just they want you to do really well on that saturday because you're their teammate or they want you to do well at everything you do it's just really important to have people that are going to look out for you in that way i think so yeah, yeah that had a massive impact yeah i think i'll agree with you there people to build you up people to make you feel good about what you're doing and just even just over over a chat people that don't judge you and just will just talk to you for you do you know what I mean? It's, that is very, very important. You're right. Um, and you, it's great if you can find a group. And it doesn't have to be a big group. Do you know what I mean? It can be two, one, two, three people that when you talk to them, if they build you up, then you know that they're right for you. And it just works. Like you say, it does just work. Just that click, yeah. But so when you was, um, obviously after that first week of uni, before you joined the football team and stuff, was there throughout your re- the rest of your time at uni where you had like a real real low I would say I think first year went then went by quite quickly because you know I got attached to that team we were going out we were playing football and and things suddenly started looking up quite quickly mm. um, and as I'm thinking now it was probably I sort of had that bit of anxiety and that stress about not wanting to be there and that sort of just went to the back of my mind uh, rather than leaving my mind and I think second year was then second year was a good year I moved we moved into a house in town as you do with the lads yeah. from football and it, it was a brilliant time but then like you say over that second and third year when the work level started to rise up 
the anxiety would kick in again. I found myself not going to lectures. Yeah. Looking back, I wasn't going to lectures because I said I was hungover or I can't be bothered to go up to the campus. But really, I, I didn't want to because I, I didn't really want to face loads of people or go into a room. And I'm still a little bit like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably because I did put that back to the back of my mind. I didn't really deal with it straight away. But yeah, even now I'm like... Um, you ask my girlfriend if we go out if we go out for dinner or whatever obviously before covid and when we can again i'm very much like i know you go in first i don't know what it is i don't know if there's anyone that listens to this that is able to tell me what that is but like going into rooms or like yeah i just find really odd but i think that's that comes from uni of going into a lecture hall of like you know 100 people when i was struggling and going oh and having that horrible sort of anxiety feeling of like you know feeling sick and just worried about whatever um so yeah it it kept cropping up over uni um but then it again it was probably blanketed over by the enjoyment that I was having sort of 80% of the time yeah I would say I'm I'm wondering if when you say like you'd let other people go in through a door before you whether it be your girlfriend your your dad you know your mates or whatever going into a room before you do you feel like it might be the fact that they're almost shielding you a bit from what you're about to see yeah I think so I think yeah I think it definitely springs from sort of uni in terms of like I said going into new places or new new things but yeah I think it's more of a comfort thing for me um getting someone to go in first um which when you actually say it is does sound a bit stupid but then it's it's also i think a lot of people have it as well so it's not stupid it's completely it's completely um natural and normal but yeah it's probably a comfort thing yeah you've probably hit the nail on the head there um if it works for you mate you you gotta do what works for you at the end of the day don't you because it could be that one time where you go in first that it brings so much more anxiety back to, and it, it ruins your evening or do you know what I mean? It ruins a time in your life that you don't, don't want to be ruined. So yeah, it's just uh, really like, you know, it's, it's such a odd thing when you think about it. I would, I would definitely struggle walking into, let's say a restaurant first, if I was with, yeah. you know, my girlfriend or something, but at school I can walk into, you know, a classroom of 30 kids and a teacher to collect a student it's it fascinates me how like the brain works and how anxiety works and how different things affect you and don't um obviously at school you're very comfortable in your in your surroundings do you know i mean mm -hmm. you're you're confident with who you are you know who you are um not saying you don't know who you are outside of school but in that area in that field where you work you're a comfortable person you can obviously like you say go into a classroom pick out one of the kids you know, come on, let's go, let's go have a chat. Yeah. But when, when you're in a social situation, there's obviously something there that you find overwhelming, maybe, mm. um, that you, you fear that's going to be triggered if you went in first, for example. So yeah. it, it would be interesting, you know, if there's anyone, <laughs> it'd be really interesting if anyone's listened to this, maybe like, you know, counsellors or anything like that, if um, you could DM me or DM Tom and let us know what you think that would be, because I'd, I'd like to yeah. know what that is. That'd be... Um, That'd be amazing. Never really thought about it properly until we started yeah. speaking. Um, and it's not all the time. It'd be sometimes I'm like, oh. Um, and I, yeah, I think I've sometimes I've just put it down because I don't want to walk in first, but it's got to be something. It's got it's got to yeah. be something there to do with some sort of like, you know, wanting some protection or like you say, yeah. comfort. Because I've got the same thing when I go out for dinner with my wife or whatever. I, I, I can't have my back to a restaurant. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I have to be able to see everything that's going on in the restaurant. I don't want, 
I don't like people walking behind me and stuff like that. I don't know if it's yeah. a trust issue or what, but I just like to be able to see what's going on in front of me. So, um, yeah, again, it's one of the, I know a lot of people like it, but we don't know why we do it, you know? Yeah, fascinating, man. It's, it's very fascinating how the mind works. Um, so, obviously, uni's done, and you, you touched on there that you started not going to lectures and not turning up to things and making excuses. And this kind of goes hand in hand with that job, doesn't it? When you start yeah. getting more pressure. So at uni, you're getting more pressure to do your assignments. You're getting more pressure to hand in work. The job, you're getting more pressure to... So it's kind of like you've experienced this several times throughout your life, haven't you? When when things get overwhelming or when things appear like they're going to get on top of you, you start feeling this anxiety. And let's be honest, I don't suffer massively with anxiety, but I know people who do. And when people, they, they tell me that anxiety takes over, there's nothing's going to stop it. Do you know what I mean? Is that, is that true? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the young people that I work with at school now, obviously anxiety is a massive issue. Um, and I read something recently where it, it breaks down anxiety and talks about, um, let's say if you were the great, way to look at it is if you were driving a car for example if you're the driver you've got full control pretty much of, of what you're doing anyway mm. sort of not anything around you um but if you sit in the passenger seat you're obviously just a passenger and the driver is in control so if you put anxiety in the driver seat of that car and let it control you then yeah it, it's overwhelms you it sort of controls what you do how you feel you, everything your reactions but then obviously if you get to a stage where you can and you use strategies, you know, anything that you can do to let anxiety be the passenger and not take control, then it obviously it, it doesn't overwhelm you to a certain extent. So yeah, my experiences of it. Um, and I, like I said, I've, I don't suffer with it as well. I don't now, but I, I didn't back then as many, as much as some people do or, or I know of, but, those moments that I had and those experiences that I had with that were really tough. It definitely, yeah, it just takes over. Like you said, it stops you doing stuff, stops you going like to me, it, it didn't seem like an issue because, you know, it was lecture. So, Hey, but there was probably occasions where, you know, I didn't go out or I didn't come home, you know? So yeah, it really takes over. Um, and that's when you need something there to, bring you back to a sort of a level playing field where you can understand what's happening and recognize it and sort of control it yeah i suppose that's the um that is the key isn't it knowing when it's when it's coming on knowing how to coach yourself through it and knowing how how to bring yourself back down to where you want to be um and how, how did you manage to do that or was it something that you, you struggled with or something you still struggle with i probably struggled with it if i'm honest and i probably the way I cope with it was distraction, I would say. Um, you know, if it was at uni, I would go out or do something that didn't mean I had to do the thing that I was avoiding, you know? So, yeah, yeah massive distraction. And the same at that job that we were speaking about up until the point that I actually did something about it, it was distraction. Oh, it'd be okay. Or it was just a busy day. Or I feel a bit under pressure. It was never going right. This is until that moment, like we spoke about, it was never a case of, right, this is taken over now. How can I, how can I deal with it? Um, and now being in the job that I'm in and the, you know, the training that I've done and the things that I've just learned from 
being in the world is um distraction works sometimes but if you can get some sort of as you said perfectly some sort of uh mechanism or strategy that you when you feel it coming you can sort of control it um and deal with it and then that's obviously where everyone wants to be but it's uh that's no make sort of any qualms about it. it's a hot it's a horrible thing yeah um, but i've worked with young people that suffer with it on a daily basis and also work with young people that have suffered and have come through it and i've seen in young people's faces when they realize that they can beat it and i don't think that seeing that in a young person's face will never for me anyway will never be beaten it's wonderful yeah i mean it's quite interesting to to know kind of like the way your life's taken you so far is that obviously you've kind of gone through school and and, and sixth form like i say a confident young man um well liked you know mixing with everyone and then as soon as you were taken out i suppose of that comfort zone again mm. the whole new scenario at uni you kind of became you almost went into a shell of yourself um and then it took some events to kind of come out of that shell and get yourself back on track at uni and then it's kind of gone round again and you've gone into the working world and you've gone back into a shell and then you've had to get yourself out of it again and go back into find find your vocation of what you're doing now and it's it's great that you've kind of landed into or got yourself into a role that all your past life experiences you can really really draw on to help others and like you like you said i can't i can't imagine the fact that when you know you've made a difference to a young person's life because you're talking to them about life experience when i suppose you can almost see a light bulb just go on in their head can't you when you hit the nail on the head about talking to them about what they're going through yeah it's um it's such a, a brilliant moment and then for example the way that anxiety is or whatever the difficulty that's struggling with the next day they might be back to square one you know but um yeah to be able to work with young people and, and make an impact um it's fantastic and you and we have days that like I mentioned um, him earlier, uh, Joe, the colleague that I work with, um, the setup at my school is obviously in our support department. We have our sort of, you know, general uh, support that's in, you know, class lessons and one-to-ones. And then you have myself and Joe who are sort of on the pastoral side of it and also the academic side of it. Um, and we have some days sometimes where we just sit at the end of the day and go, we feel like, did we, like what did we do today? Did we make an impact? Um, but then there's other days where you you know that you've made an impact but it's even if you don't it's just being there for someone like Mm. when they need it Um, and that's something that when I was at school and definitely uni apart from sort of the close people in terms of the the limited friends that I spoke to and my dad I didn't have so I'm very conscious of if someone comes up to me and they say you know I'm I'm really worried about a science lesson that I've got later or they come up to me and say uh something really 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 big i deal with it in exactly the same way because you know one worry to someone is is completely different to the other person so yeah it's just being conscious of the fact that you never like i i was and my experience of how it the build-up in terms of telling my dad about that job that Mm. might have taken that young person three weeks to be able just to come and say something to me or whoever it is so Yeah. yeah it's um it is a, it is a, I mean, it's hard at some points, but it's a brilliant, brilliant job. And, um, I can't see, I can't see myself ever not working with the young people or working with people in that capacity. I don't think. Yeah, definitely. 
And does that kind of, so your job that you do, did that kind of spur on the podcast angle and the Instagram page? Is that what's kind of made you go that way? Yeah, I think last, obviously, um, the first lockdown that we had, um, I was starting to think about sort of what I can, what I can do that's a little bit different you know um what can I do for me I wanted to do I I had this sort of burning desire in myself to do something else um I've never sort of really rested on what I do I want to do something I set up a company this was last year in the first lockdown I set up a company that's to do with drama and performance which looking back was never the right time because it was all about schools and the schools were closed um (laughs) So that sort of happened and I did a little bit of work on it, but that, that was just, I suppose, a learning curve. Yeah. And then it got to, it got to Christmas of 2020. So just gone. And um, I spoke about this previously, but I texted my girlfriend Molly and said, I really wish I had a podcast, uh, something to like start a podcast about or something. Yeah. To text. And we started talking a little bit and I started listening, listening to a few like mental health or wellbeing podcasts. And I thought, is there something here? And the me- the first thing that I wanted to do was give people at my school that maybe didn't feel comfortable talking to someone, mm. hearing someone that they know talk about it. Yeah. Whether, you know, that was the first idea that sort of sprung into my mind. Um, and then it just sort of went from there. Uh, and yeah, early Jan, I started obviously to put things together with it and played around with different names. And it actually took me probably about a week or two because I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it like the way I want to do it. So I was right, listening to other ones, writing stuff down, throwing paper in the bin and just trying to really find what I wanted to say yeah. um, and what I wanted to be. I think there's so many brilliant like mental health podcasts and wellbeing po- and loads of other podcasts. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to be like different I didn't want to be like better than anybody else I just wanted to know within myself why I was doing it yeah Um, and that really then came back to school and going through another lockdown and seeing kids just really struggling and I was like right like even if I can have one kid at school that's what I want to do so yeah and then I just started started it and and like you say the I never expected the Instagram page to sort of become what it is. I'm starting to like feed, like, well, I took inspiration off you actually, but like quotes <laughs> and things, you know, yeah. on there um, with stuff that helps me. Um, yeah. And like I always say, I'm no expert on it, uh, but I just wanted to help people and spread, you know, spread the awareness and talk about mental health. And it's actually ha- like tonight um, recording this has really helped me. Um, yeah. And doing the podcast has also been an outlet for me um and there's a few kids at school listening to it now which is which is brilliant so oh that's wicked no i'll definitely agree with you on that because like when i do these you probably like you just said it's an outlet for you i feel like this is a therapy session Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like even though i don't talk about me i get so much back from the people i speak to like yourself do you know what i mean i I learn a lot and because i'm never going to say you know i'm a massive you know, I've, I've struggled massively with my mental health. Um, I've had some hiccups in my, you know, very, very recent life, which has kind of made me just realise that when I did talk to someone, I made, it made me feel better. So what yeah. I want to do is just help people talk. That's all I kind of really wanted to do. Um, and, and yeah, I think doing a podcast is such a good way to do that, like you say, because it makes people relate to normal people 
sorry, normal, you know, normal with uh, inverted commas, um, people that or everything they're experiencing emotionally and mentally and stuff is normal because there's so many people out there who are struggling and there's so many people out there who just don't want to talk and they find it hard to talk. But the whole point, and I think you'll agree with me on this, of doing this is to normalise talking. I mean, just just talk. It's, it's such a simple, easy thing to do. But when it's about a subject that you find maybe embarrassing because you feel that way, you can't do it. People can't open up. And especially, I think, guys. You know what I mean, guys are the ones that have got the massive stigma around them opening up. And to hear you saying about the anxiety and stuff that you've felt at uni, because everyone looks at university as like, like say, a massive piss up for three years. It's a party. Mm. No one talks about the struggles about being away from home if it's your first ever time. Obviously, it wasn't. yeah, it's so so important. So yeah, I think I think what you're doing is fantastic. Let alone in your job, but on the on the podcast as well. And you've had some amazing guests. Yeah, you know I was mean? really keen to. Um, that I think that came from the young people side of the um, mission, if you like, um, to. I mean, I've got loads of obviously episodes recorded, but um, and a lot of people that are in the public eye and the aim was with that. I think some people look at it and go, oh, he's got X, Y and Z on to boost numbers. And that's not that's not what it's about. I'm not you know, I'm not getting celebrities on because I want <laughs> I want um, whatever it is. I'm getting celebrities on because I'm trying to show people that even if they post, you know, are doing whatever then it like for example in my last episode i had willie hines on who plays rugby for gloucester in england and yeah he spoke really well about acknowledging his anxiety and his stress when he was playing in the rugby world cup uh, and it's going right for example if one person listens to that that is struggling with that and they go even he, like he is at that level yeah that can make a connection um but yeah i've spoke to so many brilliant people as well um and it's probably the same as you just speaking to different people from different places and just meeting people has been brilliant. And I feel like I know all the people that I've spoke to really well. It's true, um, isn't it? You feel like you build up a rapport with people, even like me and you, we never ever met in person. Obviously when, when you started doing your podcast, I started around a similar time and um, I, I was messaging you saying, you know, just asking for tips and asking for a bit of advice and stuff. And you were so forthcoming with helping me. It go. It proved to me straight away. You know, this guy's in it for the real. You know, the real reason, the long run. That he just wants to help people. Do you know what I mean? You weren't worried about. Comp- it's not even. It's not a competition, but you weren't worried about that. Do you know what I mean? You start. Yeah. Do you know what? You're you're doing a great thing. You know, crack on. This is what I do. This is how I did it. Or, and that. Yeah, that's exactly really- like that. I've yeah. seen loads since I started. I've seen loads um, of new ones come up and and previous ones as well. Um, yeah. And it's not about. I think um, we spoke about this before, but it's not about like, oh, I'm going to be better than that person or, yeah. or whatever it is. It's oh, if we if everyone can help each other and everyone can talk about mental health and, and make it normal, then like that, that, that would be it. I mean, yeah. I listen to your stuff. I listen to other people's stuff as well. Um, it's just like, yeah, there's so much bloody horrible stuff going on. So if someone messaging you, asking you for help on don't, like to, just don't be a prat and say no because I'm doing a podcast as well. I just let the album. Do you know it really? Actually, really annoys me. I see it on Instagram. Like, <laughs> I 
as you as you know and as you are as well we're building quite a good following and i put yeah. a post on it the other day to say thank you for for the amount of followers that i, I received and yeah i think i had something which is sounds stupid because i every time i talk about it i don't even it just blows my mind that people are actually like interacting with it. But yeah, I had like 50 comments and I made sure I sat through and replied to each one because yeah. I'm not doing it to be, Oh, like, you know, like you've said, but yeah, I, if people are going to take the time out to say, Oh, that's amazing. Well done. Then I'm going to comment back. I'm not like, yeah. I'm doing it for people. So exactly yeah, it, it gets me really frustrated when people like say, like for example i've had people message me that say can you can you share this post and i'll happily do it yeah um, just help each other out yeah i suppose is what i'm trying to say in a long-winded get an angry way <laughs> <laughs> yeah in a frustrated way it is true though, mm. at the end of the day like the whole point of what your page is the whole point of what this page is and the podcast is to help people and to spread awareness and like you say with the with the posts you know like the quotes that you put up the quotes that i put up it's just i have to put them up when i see them because mm. they really mainly they are mainly and I'm, this is gonna not sound selfish but it's gonna sound a little bit funny but they're mainly for me because i put them up because i think they've they've really really struck a chord with me exactly the same sometimes i can't believe how many people comment on saying like oh you know fantastic this is i've never heard this before or this is really really true and i'm thinking wow so many people have got the same line of thought with me and if it's helped someone then fantastic do you know what i mean like i've had people say oh, i really needed to hear this today or something like mm. that and, I've, and it makes you feel good yeah um, and it's not in like an egotistical way but it just makes you feel like oh do you know what i've actually made someone's day a bit better and that's that's good that's the main thing and that's exactly why i do it with the quotes that i put out i think i put one out a couple of weeks ago which said something along the lines of don't stop until you're proud because it was that that moment which I then revealed in that video where you know I spoke about yeah. being a bit stressed and being a bit under the under pressure with everything it was at that moment I was like and you can ask my girlfriend I was like oh I, I, honestly I don't think I can I can do it like I was getting that anxiety was building up a little bit about school starting back and I thought oh yeah but I was like and I saw that and it's exactly what you said I saw that quote and it was like actually and that's it goes back to what we were saying. If you're going to do something, ultimately do it for you. Yeah. And if you can help someone, like like you said, you've had comments of people saying, I need to see this. I've had like friends message me that have said, podcast is great. It's helped me, you know, realize what I'm feeling. And if that's what you can do. And I always remind myself. So if there's anyone listening that's doing a podcast or doing anything, I said right at the start of this, and I've got it in my notebook, I said, if I can help one person, that's my job done and I think you've done that and more and so have I so yeah that's that that's the main thing um and also if you get to that stage where you're like oh um I haven't got this amount of followers or this likes or these listens or this these people it just stops being enjoyable for you yeah, it, exactly. it, it becomes it becomes a thing where you're doing it for some other reason I mean don't get me wrong seeing lots of likes or comments or follows is brilliant because it makes you feel good yeah, of course it does <laughs> but um yeah like you said if you can help if we, if we can help people then that's the, that's the main thing um i just think it's great brilliant yeah i, I think you're right actually because I'd, mu I'd much rather someone text me and say oh that latest episode on your podcast really really helped me today and that's a private message than getting 100 likes on a photo mm. I'd much rather one person text me 
without anyone yeah. else seeing it and knowing behind closed doors that I've helped someone than getting 100 or 150 comments on a, on a photo. Yeah, that's what, what you said as well. Like the poster for you is like, I coming back to that, I had a phone call from a friend that I hadn't seen really since school, really like out of the blue that said, oh, I really like what you're doing. It's made me realise that things haven't been quite right recently and I need to chat and stuff like that, which was brilliant. And I posted a little status about it on the Facebook page, which I put on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't to show people that, hey, look what I've done. That was for me to put that on because at some point in the future that I, well, maybe I don't know I, the podcast might not be around so if I can look back in you know 40 years whatever it is and look back at those posts yeah. and and say oh yeah that's what I did then that's the main thing so everything I do is is for me and then it like you said if it's helping people and people are enjoying it um that's the main thing because I know we spoke didn't really recently about like getting comments from people that aren't too helpful shall we say um <laughs> yeah. and if people don't enjoy it they don't enjoy it but and if you want to make a comment and that's fine but we're just two normal people that are doing something that's bloody brilliant so if you don't like it go away <laughs> yeah, <that's fun>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it is true and like, I think sometimes it goes back to the old saying of it if you can't say nothing if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Some things just don't need to be hurt. But And the worst thing about, like you said, the, the little bit of trolling or the, the negative comments, you could, and, like, and I think you said it to me the other day aren't you, on a message, you said like you could get 100 good comments, but you'll only focus on the bad one. Mm-hmm. And it's so true because they just catch you on a bad day and then it just, it just fucking sits on your mind all day long and you can't snap out of it, which you did to me. And it, you just... Yeah, you just sleep on it and then you got a new day in you. But yeah, you got a new day. But I, I, if people want to make negative comments, then that's fine. But yeah, there's obviously so much going on at the moment in terms of like social media and comments. And I hope one day someone gets to the bottom of the psychology of people to mm. why they why they do that. Um, um, and I've covered it with a few different people so far. But yeah, I think as long as we're helping people and we're enjoying what we're doing and people are enjoying it or getting something from it, then that's the main thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, so your, your page, the Let's Get Talking page, you've got episode four out now, haven't you? Yeah, so episode four has just landed um, a few days ago, which is um, one that I was really excited for because I'm a big Gloucester rugby fan, so speaking to you know one of the one of the players was was exciting for me. But then the actual conversation that we had was was really good, so that's that's come out recently. And um, as you all know, and I think it's it's the same as yours. Just try and keep it as natural as possible. Whether I'm talking to someone like that that's played in a World Cup for England or someone that's just wants to share their story yeah. um but no I'm, I'm just like you said i'm just really enjoying the process of talking to people as well it is good and i just you know cool i'm not nosy but you know i mean i like i just like getting to know people's backstories and getting to know mm. people better and hopefully through this you know you get to make you get to make more friends for you know life and you know when covid is over and stuff who's to say that people ain't gonna meet up who meet on podcasts yeah. and you know go for a drink and say you know what that chat we had that really really helped me that day and i feel so much better for it and that that's that is the ultimate goal you know um you could think, do a live episode somewhere in the back of a pub <laughs> <laughs> yeah if it, like the season finale when everyone gets together yeah. oh, that'd be a fantastic <laughs> wouldn't it but, but now tom it's been um I'm so glad you came on tonight, mate. 
Um, like I say, we've done a couple of things together. We've done the live and stuff, but we never really had a proper chat about you. Um, and I think actually, to be honest with you, you covered a couple of things tonight that you didn't cover in your first episode, which is, you know, which is cool. Um, good to get off your chest and mm. good for all your followers and stuff to learn a little bit more about you, I suppose, because you're normally the one interviewing. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. It's been really, it's been really good. And like you say, when I was talking about the few things I haven't spoken about before, I was like, why didn't I say that in my first episode where it was obviously just all about me, but I suppose maybe I didn't want to access that part, that yeah. part of the story. So for you, for you to ask questions and um, to have someone that actually wants to know about me, I find yeah. this whole, this whole experience from the start in the podcast to speaking to people and having people, you'll know, having people message you saying, Oh, it's really good. Or can I share my, it's just, I find it bonkers because yeah but that's a whole nother story but yeah I really appreciate it mate um it's been brilliant to chat it's actually helped me a lot um I had a really really stressful day today at school and I was like not in a bad way but you know I just came home and I was like this uh, had a difficult day but this is yeah. like and I got out for a run which made me feel a little little bit better and then I've done this and it's yeah it's really helped me like you say get things off my chest and just just to be able to have a chat is a pleasure and so yeah thank you for having me on no, really appreciate thanks it. for coming on mate and um yeah this will you know when this comes out hopefully we get a lot of people listen to it and relate and you know message you and say well done because hopefully yeah fingers crossed <laughs> now thanks tom i really appreciate it tonight mate um and yeah we'll speak soon no worries thank you very much take care